Amen. I've been praying much, reading my Bible much, just learning a great deal, believe it or not, about heaven that I didn't. I have come to realize some things about heaven that I didn't really understand before. Got nothing to do with the message tonight, but I just uh, I just want to share some things that uh, I wish that Christians, especially we go back in the Bible and find everything on heaven that you can find and study because it will make a difference in your life when the time comes when one of your loved ones goes to be with the Lord. Uh, one of the things that I've come to realize lately uh, that uh, has helped me a great deal is that we come in this world without anything. We're going to leave this world without anything. And we go to be with the Lord just as we come into this world, alone. And uh, there ain't a thing you can do about it. You, you just, uh, and you, you know, your you loved ones and those that go on to be with heaven, uh, if you'll study the Bible, you'll find something. Uh, you know, you, you ever heard somebody, well, when me and my wife gets to heaven, we're going to live a life of, uh, together in heaven. Well, maybe so, maybe not. For this simple reason. Did you know there's no giving and taking in marriage in heaven? And there's no such thing as that. I was studying something just this week. It was so sweet. Did you know David and Jonathan had a love, the Bible says, that surpassed a woman and a man's love? And I used to, I heard a man preached on, that said they were, one man said that they were homosexuals. No, they wasn't. They had a love for one another that was beyond anything else. And I got to thinking about that. It is something our little finite minds cannot understand pure love. Without envy, without strife, without trouble. We, we, we don't understand that. And when we get to heaven, we're going to have pure love there. And uh, it's going to be something else. I guarantee you that. But I, I've just learned so much in the past few weeks studying about heaven, and uh, I, I, one of these days I'll get a message together that I want to share with you. But I was thinking about I've had so many calls just lately of people that's going through troubles in their life, and we got a mess going on in our country right now that's beyond uh, belief. It really is uh, that uh, what people are doing. It almost seems hopeless uh, for our country. But I, I love John chapter 17. So if you'll turn there, I want to begin reading verse 1 in just a moment. But uh, what I like about John 17 is this. Jesus, remember now he's God in the flesh. Jesus is praying uh, for those that he had there with him at the time. But he's also praying for you and I are the ones that he God would give him on down the line, which is you and I. And so uh, we we ask faithful people sometimes, will you pray for me? Well, that's wonderful to have people praying for you, but can you imagine Jesus praying for you? And listen to what he says here, beginning in John chapter 17 and verse 1. These words spake Jesus... And lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, 
the Dasan also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give, inter- give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou givest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou givest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have n- they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee. And they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. That's Judas Iscariot. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but that thou shouldst keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me in the world, even so have I sent them in the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they may also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for those also which shall believe on me through their word. Father, I pray in Jesus' name they will understand the troubles, the worries, the hurts, the tears, the agony that we go through. We are not alone. You're always praying for us. You're always interceding for us. And you're always loving us. Whatever we're going through, the good times and the bad times, and we're never alone, we're with you, and you're in our presence. Bless us tonight if we learn from these things. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to you know some things here. Number one, it's a wonderful thing to know that Jesus is praying for us. Uh, nothing can happen to a child of God unless God allows it. Now, I believe that 100%. I can go back, I could write a book on the many times I've almost got killed. And God has protected me from being killed. And I've always said, you can't kill me unless God allows you to kill me. And the devil cannot touch me unless God allows him to. Job is a perfect example of this fact. Now, I believe God has a plan for each uh, one of us. Now, listen to these verses for just a minute. 
That's Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Psalm 37, verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. In other words, God has a plan for your life. And so no matter what your occupation might be, if it's a plumber, if it's an electrician, if it's a lawyer, if it's a doctor, if it's a preacher, it doesn't matter what you're doing in this world. God's got a plan for your life. And, and I think a lot of heartaches is when people get out of God's plan for their life. In other words, uh, if, if a man's a plumber and he's a Christian and he's a witness on the job as a plumber, and he gets out of sorts. He said, I want to be a preacher like the preacher does and preach the Word of God. But God has you where you're at being a plumber and you get out of that, you'll be the most miserable person you've ever seen. And I believe that's a lot of uh, preachers' problems. It starts off preaching and then gives up on the Lord. And they get out of there where God has called them. They want to be like somebody else. And uh, I've always said this, if you can be something else, then God didn't call you to preach. And I, I believe that. Now, how do you let God direct your life? How do you, uh, do you get God to that, get to that plan that God has for you? Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore by the mercy of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy except unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. So number one, trust the Lord. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Hardest thing for me to, under, to, to, to grasp is that I don't know everything. I wish I did sometime. I lean on what I know. I lean on what I can do. And the Bible makes it very plain. Don't lean on what you are or what you know. Lean on the Lord. I need the Lord's help. I don't care what. I know a lot of people. I don't need the Lord. I already got my mind made up. I'm going to do what I want to do no matter what. I'll never be that way. And I believe that that's where misery is. Is when you get to the place that you don't need God in your life. You don't need to lean on Him no more. But I, I know where the joys of life is, is when you learn to lean on the Lord for everything. Proverbs 14, verse 12, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Jeremiah 10, verse 23, It is not in man that walketh to direct his paths. What God is plainly saying is these verses, and more like them, we're not to trust our own understanding without leaning on the Lord. So learn to lean on the Lord no matter what you're doing or what your occupation or what you're doing at the very time you do it. Proverbs 3, verse 6. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy path. All God has ever asked us to do is don't forget Him in your life, in your worship, in your recreation, in your home, in everything you do. Don't forget God. Don't be afraid of God's will for your life. Remember, God loves you. John 3.16 
Like one preacher said, and I've said this quoted a lot, Dr. Curtis Hudson, first time I ever heard him say it, he said, God wants for you what you would want for you if you had sense enough to know what you want. And I've thought about that a many a time. And that's, that's a, it's just a simple little old saying, but it has so much truth in it. God knows best. Amen? Now, how do you let God direct your path? Through His Word. Listen to this, Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. To know what God wants for your life, you have to read and study the Bible God's Word then. If I want to know something about God, there's only one place to find it out. That's the Word of God. Lord, I want you to will it done in my life. Well, you find it in the Bible. And so you won't know it unless you study the Bible. But God will direct you by His Word. Uh, number two, God directs through prayer. Now remember, when you pray, you talk with God. Amen? I don't use idle words when I'm praying just to be saying something. I'm talking to God. That's prayer. And when you talk to God, He promised to listen. There are two ways God speaks to us today. Number one is by His Word. God always speaks through His Word to our heart. Number two, by the Holy Spirit that is in us. Many times, as Scripture, you read these words in Scripture. Speak, Lord, for your servant heareth thee. Think about that. Speak, Lord, for your servant heareth thee. Now let me give you something very quickly when I read that. It's not God going to speak to you out of heaven. Now get that straight. God no longer speaks to man out of heaven uh, voidly. He speaks through His Word, number one, and then He speaks through the Holy Spirit to you. Romans 8.26 says God will guide you in what you are to do as He speaks to your heart. If you are in, time, in tune with Him then, I never make a major decision in my life before I first pray about it and wait for the Holy Spirit to direct me into doing that. And, and I mean that. God gives you after you pray either for each ease or He gives you unease. And I told a man, I, and I learned this from a great old preacher one time. He said, let me show you how it works. God impresses you. God does not speak to you voidly. But if you want to know, first of all, you read His Bible, read His Word. Secondly, you've got to remember something. And every child of God, the Holy Spirit indwells you. What's He there for? He's there to impress you. He don't holler from inside of you and direct you. He impresses you. And, and what I'm saying here, have you ever prayed for something and you knew you was out of the will of God and you got a little sick feeling in your stomach? But I have. You better not do it. But if you pray for something and you ask God to give it to you or whatever and you got it at ease with, with your own self in the Lord, then God's giving His approval on it. And uh, it, But you've got to learn the difference. Now, and so always read your Bible first, then pray or pray and read your Bible together. And when you do, God will impress you what is right and what is wrong. Here's what I'm getting to. People are panicking. They're afraid of the future. But don't they don't know what's going to happen. 
we're going to have food. If, are we going to have food enough? Uh, can I keep my house? Am I going to have a job? Can I provide for my family? Am I going to have enough to take care of me in my old age? Uh, troubled minds, troubled spirits, just can't know what to do. But I believe you can know what to do, especially a child of God. We're not alone. We have God on our side. And He's given us ways that we can know something. And that's through His Word and through the presence of the Holy Spirit that's in us. And number, uh, when you think about this, if you go to Isaiah 40, verse 28 through verse 31, first thing you do, the Bible says, is wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Now I want you to watch it. It does not say how long to wait. But it says, don't jump into it. Wait on the Lord. And number two, trust the Lord. Don't let your imagination run away with you. Don't think of something that's going to happen and it might not ever happen. And your mind will work on you. But trust the Lord. Number three, pray. Talk with the Lord. Let Him uh, lead you. You have not because you ask not, the Bible said. And pray about it. Number four, learn to live life as God gives it to you. Philippians 4, verse 11. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. You know what he's talking about? Now, you might not understand this, but myself... I want to experience everything that God puts in my life. If it's pain, then I'm going to experience it. You can't get rid of it. Learn to experience it. Learn what it's for. Did you know that I think it was David said, The Lord has afflicted me that I might turn my face to Him? The Lord has afflicted me. There's a reason for pain. There's a reason for trouble that God puts in your life. That you might lean more on Him. Learn to live it as God's giving you. Don't go crying like a little baby every time something goes wrong and, and say, Oh Lord, I wish that hadn't happened to me. It might be that God's doing something in your life. Learn to live it as God gives it to you. Whatever it is. And I believe that God is still on in control. And I do feel sorry for anyone today that does not know Christ as a Savior though. Because these are horrible times that I believe is going to get worse. I have a personal relationship with God, though, and what brings peace is that personal relationship with Him. That's why my life's desire has ever been to get people saved. I want them to experience that peace with God that I experience. And it is, it's something. And I have people say to me many times, I don't understand you. Well... I got some, it's because I've learned some things from the Word of God, and I trust God, and I want to serve God, and I want to, whatever Lord you put in my life, I'm going to experience it, and I'm going to say thank you, Lord, for it. Now, let me give you something here special. Great men of the Bible, God fearing, God loving, God obeying men. Think about this now, just what I said. Great men of the Bible. God-fearing men of the Bible. God-loving men of the Bible. God-obeying men of the Bible. Got to the place that they wanted to take their own lives. Let me show you. Moses begged God to kill him in Numbers chapter 11, verse 15. Elijah 
asked God to take his life in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 4. Jonah prayed for God to take his life in Jonah chapter 4, in verse 3. Go back and study those three especially, Elias, and you'll see that they were great men with great power with God that accomplished great things for God, and still they got to the place they just was depressed, they were down, the old devil got them depressed, and they wanted to die. Now in all these men's lives, though you'll find something, God gently took care of every one of them and lifted them up. Every one of them. Because, for one reason, they belong to Him. That's the key. They belong to Him. They didn't belong to the devil. In other words, then God takes care of His own. In all kinds of problems of life. Now, let me show you how simple it is then to become one of God's own. In Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through 37, you'll find a man had been down to the synagogue. He was riding in a cart, going back home or in a chariot, and he was reading Isaiah 53, and he wanted to know the truth. God spoke to another man of God, told him to run and catch up to that cart, and I thought about this long, a lot of times. I wonder how fast that guy ran, Stephen. Must have been pretty swift. But he caught up to that chariot, got up in the chariot in Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through 37, and he said, what do you read? And he said, do you understand what you read? He said, how can I except some man show me? And Stephen began at the same scripture, the Bible says, and expounded unto him God. And he, you know what he's told him? The death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And he got to the place, he said, what hinders me to be baptized? There's plenty of water here. And you know what Stephen told him? If thou believest with all thy heart that Jesus is the Son of God, thou mayest. And he said, I do. And that's how it's done. That's a simple plan of salvation. And when a person gets born again and gets saved, he becomes in the family of God. And when you get in the family of God, I, I praise God in these last few uh, weeks especially for, for two things in my life that's been most precious to me. Number one is my own fleshly family. But I, I, I feel sorry for people that don't have a, a good family around. I've got one. And I thank God for every one of them. But the other one is my church family. And those two families, brother... It means everything in the world. And what I'm saying is, I'm not, I don't only have a fleshly family and a church family, but I'm in God's family. And God takes care of me. And I'm going to enjoy every bit of it. I'm going to enjoy the bad times. I'm going to enjoy the good times. And I'm going to go around singing and say, Thank you, Lord. I know it's going to be all right. He's going to work it out. Amen? And that's, how, that's where the joy of the Lord is. And I just hope you understand. I love it, amen. I wish I had my little Oriental man back. <laughs> I like the way he says amen. <laughs> Stand with me, would you please? Heavenly Father, I ask in Jesus' name, bless us as your people. You're so good to us. We can't even begin to understand sometimes how sweet you are to us and how thankful heart we do have. 
Bless us, we pray, though, and teach us to love you every day more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much.